In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Um, lucky for you guys, I'm a lot mellower right now. Um, <laughs> I'm talked out. Um, so I might not be as, as, as um, violent with the questions. Um, and I didn't have a chance to review my notes. So um, we'll see where this goes. So just as a recap, just so I want to understand the, the mentality, the rationale behind all this, is that lecture one, I was trying to get the point of why do we do what we do? Hopefully that's drilled in you by now because there's an objective right. Right. The second one is, um, how do I go wrong properly? Um, because we we do go wrong, right? So and then, but how do I fix it when I go wrong? Because knowing that there's an objective good doesn't mean that I'm going to always do the objective. Um, and so if I don't, then what do I do about it? Which is very simple. Um, so the third thing that I want to get into is. Um, how do you be good at what you do, right? Like we spent to spend, we like to spend most of our time talking about the going wrong and how we should feel, etc. Um, but I want us to take it to another level. So if you can think of like the from a physical perspective, there's lazy, um, there's healthy, and there's athletic. Um, and so most people spend their lives only wanting to discuss how to stop being lazy or to cruise control being healthy when you ought to be pursuing being an athlete, okay? Um, and so I want to talk a bit about that and to have a different frame of mind about what is commonly known as asceticism, um, which most people have dismissed for the monks and nuns. So just a couple, two framing quotes that I want to start with from the paradise. I'm a monastic style person, and so I tend to go to the, the, the paradise a lot. Um, but that doesn't mean that's the only place for this. A brother asked Abba Shishoi, um, what good do I do in going to church? For often the devils recognize me and seize me. The old man said to him, there's work in the matter. Um, which might sound so weird. Um, so the, the monk is saying, what's the point in going to church if the devil just takes hold of me, even when I'm in it. And his spiritual elder is saying, you have work to do. And so you're going to find a lot of these sayings are very, very simple. Because if you don't understand that being an athlete requires work, um, then you don't understand what being an athlete means. Okay? Like, it's like the, the, the dude who's like, yeah, I, I want to have abs tomorrow. And it's like, yeah... <laughs> There's a lot of work that you got to do for that. Um, the second framing quote, Abraham, this is disciple of Abu Shishoi from the last quote, um, then said, okay, Father, if there happens to be a congregation or a gathering together on the Sabbath or on Sunday, and a brother drinks three cups of wine, is that too much? Which is the kind of questions that we were talking about earlier. Um, the old man said to him, if Satan didn't exist... Three cups wouldn't be too much. But because Satan exists, three cups are too much. Okay? And I'm using these as framing questions to say context matters. Right? It's not just a matter of an intrinsic value. There's not a, a value of number of, of, of drinks, but of saying, no, 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 understand where, where you're coming from. So I want to talk a bit about what it means um, 
to please God um, and not as much on just how to fight Satan. Okay, like to, to, to get out of that a little bit. Um, the repentance part is about fighting yourself and fighting Satan. Um, the ascetic part is, is the positive part, right, of what is the good that I can, that I can do. Um, and the question I want you to have in the back of your mind is, what do you do to show someone you love them? Right? Like, have that question in, in, in your mind. So, I was going to ask you, and I'm not going to ask you, what's health, because we've done that. Um, and so then there's sub-questions of how do I achieve health, right? Or how do I recover health, and how do I lose health? Those are all the first two talks. Okay, how do I achieve it? How do I lose it? How do I recover it? That's repentance. That's, that's the, the, that kind of stuff. Um, but to understand asceticism or a positive pursuit of health, you have to understand purity and chastity. Okay, because many people here think chastity or purity, I should say, that purity is, is just talking about sex. Um, and it's not. Purity is much deeper than, than sex. Okay, chastity is a particular kind of purity. That's the sexual purity specifically. But I'm talking about purity. Okay, um, if you can understand chastity, um, I'm going to use chastity and purity interchangeably because I, I mess up. Um, if you can understand as a sign of love that you want to preserve something that belongs to your lover only. Right? It's something that you're saying, this is something that's intimate that I share with one person and one person alone. Right? Think of your most intimate friends. Part of what made them your intimate friends is that there's a special kind of sharing that doesn't belong between you and other people. Right? It's a very, very unique kind of thing. And so it's not just an exercise of self-control. Right? It's not just like, a, I'm going to try not to do X. Um, it's a sign of pure and total devotion and affection. It's romance. Okay? And I want you to understand asceticism as divine romance. We have that. We have a whole book in the Bible dedicated just to that. Okay? Um, and the Lord speaks about, in the Old Testament, being jealous. Right? And, and often when you read these words, you need to understand them in their original languages. Right? That jealous doesn't mean like, oh, I wanted that and he got it. That's not what our God is going through. Okay? It's saying that I have a protectionism over something. I'm jealous over my wife. I'm jealous over my family. Right? It's, it's a positive quality. Uh, a good spouse ought to be jealous over his or her spouse. A good parent ought to be jealous over his children. Right? Of being like, no, this is mine. I don't want anyone touching him. Um, I don't want anyone ruining him. I don't want anybody trying to take from him what is his and who he is. Right? This is a proper jealousy. And so our own God uses the language of romance when he talks about his relationship with us. Right? That he's pursuing us as a people. Right? That's why, for example, in many of the prophecies, he's like, where's your mom? I'm divorcing her. He's using language of divorce to say, we're married. We're intimate. Right? He's, he's, he's using this language on purpose. And chastity... Um, when lost, um, makes you ask, what's the point? Right? When you lose this thing that you shared, then you question the thing itself. Right? It's like, when, if, God forbid, if there's a couple that there's been infidelity in. That's the natural question of, well, so then what's the point of this relation now? 
that's, that is a question that comes up. You, you, you took what was ours and you gave it away. What's, what is there about this relationship now? I'm not saying that's the right solution, but I'm saying that's the natural question. And so if I lose my chastity with God, and again, not talking sex here, um, I'm, that is included, but that's not the point, right? Is saying that I'm guarding everything that is mine for you because you made it and I'm yours. My senses are yours. My body is yours. My mind is yours. My existence is yours. And I'm guarding this thing that's yours because that's, that's us. That's our relationship. It's a very, very beautiful thing. Right? And this is one of the reasons why God actually made such things as intimacy, is so that you'd have a physical, you made it a physical expression of anything spiritual that you can actually experience in some tangible way to you because you have a body, what it means to have those things. That's why you can feel bliss doing nothing with someone you care about. Right? You can sit there and talk about absolutely nothing and have the time of your life. Right? You can be going through the biggest crisis and the person sitting beside you is silent. They say absolutely nothing and you feel the greatest comfort from that person. It's romantic. This is, this is chastity. You might not have been able to identify it as that, but that's actually what it is. It's saying, I belong to someone, and someone belongs to me. My beloved is mine, and I am my beloved's. And so our fathers and, 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 and mothers were so protective of their chastity, um, specifically of their eyes. Um, and I want you to understand it more as a singularity of heart. What that means is my heart has only a single thing that is devoted to. There's a beautiful line in St. Cyril's literature, uh, liturgy um, where I think it's, it's actually often translated wrong, where the priest has a, a, an, an audible that's often said audibly um, prayer where it says, Oh God who is um, some people will say single in his nature, and some people will say simple. Um, and they're both meaning the same thing. It's saying you have, you're not a heterogeneous compound, <laughs> okay? You're the, the most simple of things. You're one thing. You're uniform. And your heart is uniform. You don't have... Um, wrong motivations, you don't, you're not complex, you're not overly thinking something, you are simply who you are. You, are, you just are, right? And this is what we're trying to recover as well, right, towards um, our God. This is what I'm saying from lecture one, was to understand that everything serves a single purpose, your identity. That's all. It's that single thing, right? But when I lose chastity, which we all have, myself included, Okay, um, it's recoverable, so this is not a doom and gloom talk. But when we lose chastity, we lose innocence, right? We don't we don't see things um, the same way, and so it taints real knowledge. Okay, so if you think, look at this cup. This wasn't meant to be a demonstration, but it works. Okay, um, it's transparent. I can see you through it, right? If I put in pure water in here, I can still see you through it. That's purity. Put mud in it. Put food coloring in it. Shatter the glass. You now have a distorted view. That's what loss of chastity is. 
And so because of it, you're viewing something that you think is real. You're not, you're not trying to lie to yourself, right? But you're viewing everything pink, red, green, orange, brown, opaque. And you're viewing everything through that lens, thinking you're seeing clearly and you're not. And so you view things in an inaccurate way. Right? This is, this is the problem with the loss of child. And so many of us have lost it so early that we never had a chance to remember what it looks like to see clearly. Right? For those who might remember a time in their life where they did, it becomes a fond memory. Right? Or as you get older, it might become, I think I was just naive. There's no way it was just that. And actually, it probably was real. Um, but you just you don't know what it is anymore. And so the impurity put a barrier in us to the real sight of God, and suddenly we look at God with a different filter as well as the world. And these are the things that we're trying to repent from. This is what we're trying to have a change of mind about. That's what lecture two was supposed to be about. Um, and a wrong vision leads to a wrong conclusion, um, which leads to a wrong decision. Um, and that's why we need to protect our minds and bodies from knowledge, the wrong kind of knowledge or the wrong time for knowledge. Right? Those, are, those are things. Um, I'm going to read you some sayings from the fathers just to kind of get into, like to warm up into what I want to get into because I don't know how to get there. Um, and that I just want you to meditate on. And I really, really like advise you all, read the paradise of the fathers, even if you have no intention or interest in being a monk or nun. Um, because the desert is the, is the spirituality lab, okay? And so um, if you can view the monks as, because some people are anti-monks, they're lost. Um, <laughs> if you view the city the way a city used to be, okay, there's an outer wall of the city. Um, monks and nuns are like the people stationed alone all day, all night, guarding the city from the bad guy coming in. They're working for you. And so they're the ones watching and seeing what the enemy is doing, where they're coming from, how to plan for them, what they're doing, and what they're doing is for you. Okay? It's not, it's not separate from you. They are part of the community in a very unique way. Okay? And so they are part of the police, the, the city, um, but they are, they're, they're not calling. And so these people were like, okay, Christ said... Like, be meek. But he didn't say, how do you be meek? And so this was a lot. We're like, so what is meekness? How do I find out how to be meek? Right? How do I find out how to be humble? Right? We have these, 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 these principles, but how do I attain them? That's the desert fathers and mothers. Um, there's some really good desert mothers. Um, so that's why we're turning to them. So I'm going to go to some of their, their, their quotes and then hopefully get into the meat of it if I can figure out how to get there. Um, they used to say about Abba Pupnutius that he would not readily drink wine, and that on one occasion he came by chance upon a band of thieves and found them drinking. And the captain of the thieves recognized him and knew that he never drank wine, and he looked close at him and saw that he was a man of great ascetic works. And the captain filled a cup with wine, and taking a sword in his hand, he said to the old man, if you don't drink, I'll kill you. Okay, so this monk doesn't drink wine, he's known not to drink wine, this guy's robbing him, he knows that this is the guy who doesn't drink, and he puts him at knife point and says, if you don't drink, I'll kill you. And the old man knew that the grace of God wished to work on the captain of thieves through him and sought to do good for him. So he took the cup and drank the wine. Then the captain made excuses to him and said, forgive me, Father, for having distressed you. Um, 
great way to end the attempt at his life. And the old man said to him, I believe by God that through this cup of wine, God will forgive you your sins. And the captain of the thieves said, I believe by God from this time forth, I will never trouble anybody. Thus, because for God's sake, Pavnutius gave up his own wish, he was able to do good to all that band of thieves. My question here, why was he never drinking wine? Is wine intrinsically evil? So why was he never drinking wine? Because Satan. Satan exists, but he's allowed up to three. <laughs> <laughs> why was he not drinking wine? Sobriety? Sobriety? Possibly. Okay. What if he? What if somebody's like I can I can handle my my wine, and I'll drink it before I sleep to warm me up. Russia. Five points for Gryffindor. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, okay, Abapiman, it was reported to Abapiman about a certain brother that he would not drink wine, okay? And some of the monks did. And the old man, Piman, said, the nature of wine is not such as to make it useful to the dwellers in monasteries, to your point, right? So this person is saying, yeah, it's fine, but that's not... What wine is good for isn't good for me in this context, right? I'm trying to build up some concept of saying that when we, as we start to discussing asceticism, asceticism is not about thinking that everything is evil, okay? Because sometimes that's what people think is where it's going. And so I want you to start building the questions of how do I do that? When we read these stories of being like, what is he saying? Don't drink wine. It's saying, ask these questions. What is the thing for? What am I for? And what does this thing do? Right? These are where we're starting to go. A certain old man came to one of the holy men who was a companion of his and um, cooked a few lentils. And one of the two said to his fellow, should we sing part of the service like while we cook? Um, and then he goes and sings the whole book of Psalms. <laughs> and then his companion repeated two books of the great prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. And when it was morning, <laughs> they started cooking the night before. It sucks to be them. The old man departed to his own place, and they forgot about the food. And the old man went another evening and found the food which had been cooked. And he was sorry and said, oh, how did we come to forget this little mess of lentils? And we didn't eat it. So, these stories are meant for you to reflect, okay? Like, this is, this is the point of them. Here, there's a discipline of psalms, okay? And why, why am I bringing up this quote? Of learning how to use something in a way that you're not used to. If you think that meditation of psalms is to my checklist of holy people say nice psalms, um, you're not going to get much, right? But what they're saying is, 
I was able to come to enjoy this thing so much, I actually forgot I was hungry. Right? Like, have you never had that where you went to a restaurant, like, famished? Like, you were, like, we were so hungry. And then you're having a conversation with somebody that you don't even read the menu where the waitress or waiter comes and they're like, are you ready to order? It's like, I'll give us 10 more minutes. But you had said you're dying, like, when you get in, into the restaurant, right? Because you're enjoying your time, right? This, this, is, this is what they're doing. They're not just like, I guess we should pray, right? They're actually like, yo, let's do this, right? And they're like, yeah, you got songs, well, I've got prophets, right? And so it's like, they're, they're, and they're, they're on the same team, and they're enjoying it, and they're loving what they're, what they're saying. Um, if you actively love your spouse, because the concepts here that we're getting are active pursuit of things. If you actively love your spouse, you're less prone to adultery. Right? Versus a passive of like, yeah, we have a marriage, we talk, we sit, we eat, I buy presents, I memorize the dates, I know when the anniversary <laughs> is, um, I know when her birthday is, and I like, I think I'm supposed to pick up the kids on Friday. Right? Like, you can, you can cruise control, okay? Um, or you can be like romancing your spouse, right? Which will make you have less eyes for anywhere else because you're, you're actually possibly enjoying it. Um, if you actively try and love your job, not just living at your job, just not make everything a marriage, you're not going to wander from job to job, right? If you're, if you're being like, no, I want to find a way to love here, right? Then your mind is not going to be like, but they don't appreciate my wealth of knowledge, right? Or it's like, um, this is not an atmosphere that's really helping me to realize my true self, um, and I'm, just, I'm ready for that next step. Um, and like, I've just, I've done a lot of self-reflection, you know, right? And it's okay, yeah, cool. But like, if you were like, no, I'm going to change the world here, you know, you don't have to be that excited. But you might actually be, I'm not saying moving your job is wrong, but I'm saying that when you actively try and like something, you find the thing that's likable in it, right? Everybody thinks that happiness is this thing that happens out there. No, that's stupid. Um, happiness is when you make where you are where you want to be, right? Then you're actually very content, right? But if you're actively hating it, then you're going to hate it. Um, if you actively love your family, you won't despise them unless you had a different one. I spent a lot of my life doing that. Um, I really love my family, um, <laughs> in case my family hears the recording. Um, by occupying yourself, you, pre you, you prevent another thing from happening, right? Where if that time that they were up all night and forgot their food, um, they had been alone, maybe they would have fallen into something. I'm not saying do something out of fear of doing something else, but I'm saying that this positive thing made a, a negative thing not even possible to happen because of this positive thing that was occurring. There's a billion things that come from discipline beyond what one might think when they first do it. Okay? A certain brother was hungry one morning, and he fought against his inclination and determined not to eat till the third hour. Okay? So he wakes up, he's hungry, and he's like, I'm not eating till 3, um, that's 9 a.m. This guy's not hardcore. Um, <laughs> but when the third hour had passed, um, he dipped his bread in water and sat down to eat. 
So a lot of people think that this whole like let's eat dry bread of the monks is like that there's something holy about dry bread. It was a practical thing. It was because you could get a huge quantity of it for really cheap and it wouldn't go rotten. You would just dip it in water and it was balza, right? It's all ready. Um, fresh. So he's dipping in water. Um, and he sits down, he's like, okay, this is soaked up, we can eat. But he forced himself to wait till the sixth hour arrived. It's now noon. When he said to himself, mm, let's wait till 3 p.m. And when 3 p.m. came, he prayed and saw the working of Satan rising up before him like smoke. And he suppressed his desire to eat and his hunger passed away from him. What do you think is like a point of a story like that? But towards what? Like it's food, right? He's like, I'm hungry now. I'll delay it. I'll delay it. I'll delay it. Sorry? Instant gratification, perseverance. What else? Okay, so in any way, was the eating wrong, right? And was he at any point, like, trying to make the point of, like, um, how could I eat? No, right? I'm trying to, again, this is shift of mind, right? Like, that's the whole point of this retreat. Like, of, of what do we think asceticism is, right? Whereas this guy is saying, I want to rededicate the senses back. Right, exactly what you all said is right. Perseverance is a big deal. Um, Self-control, opportunities, all these things that, that were said, gratification, right? All these things of saying, no, let me, let me realign the senses, right? Let me get a chance to see how these things are usually supposed to go, right? Like to me, I'm a California ruined me. I'm gonna blame you guys, I won't blame myself. Um, I'm Californian fasting is messed up. Um, like, like how cheese suddenly is not dairy in California. Um, and so I remember <laughs> growing up and ice cream apparently and apparently uh, Jack in the Box tacos are. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot of Coptic urban legend in, in uh, California. But I remember when I was young where if the, if the, if the kind of chips was, was not fasting, even though the ingredients were, I'd be like, absolutely not, right? And be like, you're just a Coptic Nazi. Um, <laughs> honestly, I miss that fanaticism. I really do. There was something that I benefited, benefited from doing that, of saying, I need to learn how to say no to me. Because if I don't know how to say no to me on anything, especially the most trivial things, how on earth do I think I'm going to say no to the big things? You've never even practiced, right? And so this guy is practicing. That's asceticism, right? He's training, right? It's not that there's a specific act that he's saying wrong. He's saying, I want to learn how to do this right. I want to get really, really healthy, right? And so I'm today, to put this in gym language, is saying, yesterday I only did this many reps. I'm going to add five, right? And I, next week, I want to see if I can add another set. 
right? And because I'm hoping that I can reach X by X time, that I can have this goal that I want. This is, I'm saying, this is athleticism now. Um, do you think that fasting from food can help you? Right? Like, I, I don't know why people have stopped doing this. Fasting's become a joke, which is messed up. Right? Where it's like, oh, they're fasting a haram. Right? Apostles fast. That's for Abuna and his wife. I don't have one. Um, Wednesday and Friday, where it's like, um, are we going to be real or are we going to serve the, like, the siyami pizza? And like, that's a horrible question. Right? Because it means that you don't even value it at that point. Right? Like now it's just, now it's become humorous to suggest that someone might actually be fasting. And it should be saying, I want to learn how to say no to myself. Abstaining from food is a really good idea. How many of you cannot genuinely appreciate, um, so apparently you guys don't say this in the States. In Canada, we call it itis after you've had a big meal. Um, like when you've had a fatty meal, where you want to unbutton your like, button and loosen your collar and you just want to lie down and you're lethargic and you can't, that's a real thing, right? You don't need to be an ascetic to know that that's a thing. An ascetic actually probably doesn't know that that's a thing anymore. But, um, and so when you're saying, nah, right, what you're saying is, and especially like what will get me is um, come Advent or Lent, it's like, well, I'm, you know, like I, I'm going to the gym and I just, I'm really fatigued, um, and so like I really like I just I need the whey powder um, as well as like some chicken and like the eggs because of the protein because I'm trying to build it. Um, I mean I could do beef, but like if you're allowing that. But I mean if not, like chicken is fine. And it's like, what's your objective? <laughs> right? It's being like I really want to go on a diet that allows me four thousand calories a day. <laughs> Absolve me. <laughs> and so. Okay, cool, right? Like, what's, what, what's your goal? I'm not going to yell at you to be an ascetic, right? Like, that's, that's, that's your loss, right? Like, like if you don't want to get jacked, don't get jacked. But you should want to get jacked because it's so doable, right? So this is not just a monk thing. It's not just a nun thing to say, control my gut, control my stomach, learn how to not do these. These are real things that you should pursue. Maybe in your case, fasting has to take on a different form. Okay, work with your, with your trainer, Right? To be like, okay, there might be actual real reasons why you can't do a particular thing. Okay, no problem. There's freedom. But are, what are you doing to make sure that that objective is still achieved? Right? Because the, 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 the goal here was not this specific thing. I remember when it was a thing where we would compete with each other. It was really egotistical. But um, of how late we got to abstain. Right? Of being like, oh, yeah, Abuna lets me do till like three. Um, right? And then we, it would become a point of showing off. Right, where actually our priests <laughs> have to curb back our fasting because we were using it wrong. Right, of being like, Habibi, a bicep is not useful in and of itself. Okay, so like, chill. Right, you're spending 40 hours at the gym per week and you have a full time job and this. So, like, let's step back. Right, whereas now it's more like, gym, what's a gym? Um, is it free? Right, like, like <laughs> those are things. So, you have to understand that these things can help you, right? That asceticism is not just a monastic word, okay? It's for absolutely everyone. So the question is, what do you do proactively to show your love? These are the acts of romance, 
right? Imagine um, saying, I'm cooking dinner because it's my turn, right? We've established norms in the household, right? Versus saying, I'm home and my spouse is coming home or my mom or my dad or my brother, it doesn't all have to be married stuff. And I know they're going to get home so hungry. Why don't I make it? That's the act where your spouse is going to go home and be like, that was so sweet, right? What can I do for you, right? That becomes the reaction. And it's not if the person is loving, right? Like, hopefully they're not going to be like, it's about time you learn how to serve me, <laughs> right? Whereas we're being like, well, that was really nice of you. Um, can I take care of laundry? Right, like, like there's going to be some sense of like this, like where you're competing to give, not to assert your right. Right, that, that's a much more beautiful relationship. Or buying a gift outside of a special occasion to show that you value them. Right, of being like, I saw this, I knew you liked this, I thought this would be something you would love to have. Here you go. Right, those are the most meaningful gifts. Like, even between friends, where it's like, I saw this thing and I totally thought of you. Sometimes it's not even buying it. It's taking a picture of being like, this is so you, right? And so you're thinking, wow, that person thinks about me when they're not in my presence, right? That, that was so nice. That was really romantic. Um, or recognizing a partner's mood before it happens and giving them the comfort they might desire rather than your own, right? Of being like, I know that there's been a rough time at work lately. There's been a lot of chaos. Um, and I'm, I have my own stuff to deal with, but I, I know that he or she is really stressed out, right? Or even as a kid of being like, I, I remember dad was saying like work is, is going crazy. Of coming home being like, instead of being offloading you on the person, right? Of being like, dad, do you want to play tawla? That can be an aesthetical work. Playing games, it actually can be. Right? I was saying, Dad loves Taula. I might not even be in the mood for Taula, but Dad needs a game of Taula. We're going to play a game of Taula. I could go out with my friends, but I'm not. Right? Or just simply saying, I really want to vent my problem out today, but I know that they're in a place where they need that. I'm not going to do it because I want, I want them to have their space to say it. Right? These are the active works, not just reactive. These are proactive. Um, driving home to your wife who's on mat leave. Caution to all of you who are married and haven't had kids yet. Um, if you think Matt leave his vacation, um, like before it happens, um, um, collect yourself before it happens. Um, that when you're driving home and you might be exhausted from work of saying, this poor woman has spent the whole day with somebody attached to her physically, screaming, crying, Right, every like by the time like the poor lady like can wipe the baby's bottom and change the diaper, right? Like it's ready for the next feed, right? Runs to get something done and the kids up for something else, and it's 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 of, of saying, wow, I am exhausted, but I think when I go home I should relieve her, right? I'll tell her like go go take half an hour to yourself, um, I'll man the fort um, while you have a chance to breathe. Right? It's, it's these, these act, active acts of doing things. Um, on one occasion, there was an offering made in the mountain of St. Anthony, the best saint in the world, and a skin of wine was there. And one of the monks took some of it in a small vessel into a cup, 
They're really obsessed with wine in this chapter. Um, and with a cup in his hand, he went and carried it to Abba Shishoi, his disciple of St. Anthony, the best saint in the world. And he mixed him a cupful and he drank it. And he mixed him a second cupful and he took it and drank it. But when he mixed him a third cup, Abba Shishoi refusing and saying, Stay thy hand, brother. Don't you know the third cup? It's from Satan. <laughs> to tie it back to three cups. But um, more is not better here. Um, <laughs> The point here is to say, sometimes you shouldn't say yes just because you can. I'm trying to get you ascetic principles, right? That it's not just because you can. He maybe could have had a third drink, right? Just like somebody can like, yeah, I could eat another plateful. I'm, I'm hungry enough. But of saying, no, like, decide, right? Learn to have this control itself. Asceticism is to control the self. It's to bring oneself under subjection. That, that's what it means, right? Of saying, I'm going to stop here. Right? This is where I'm saying no. Some of you say, well, how do I get into my spiritual life? How do I blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do it, like what Abuna was saying. Right? Of setting a schedule and saying, I am doing it. Period. Right? It's, 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 if, you, if you don't learn how to say no to yourself, then of course when it comes time to do something, you're like, I just don't know how to, I just know how to do it. I'm used to gratifying everything that I want. Um, not to take more from someone just because they're offering it. Right? Like, of just being like, oh, this person offered me this, I'll take it. No. Right? Like, like, learn how to say no, not just because I can access it that I ought to. What is the reason I'm taking it? Is there someone else who might need it? Right? Is there, is, how am I going to use this? What is it doing? Right? And, and being able to, to have that. Abba John, whose feast was uh, Thursday, because the leap year. Um, Abba John said, um, the short, He's a good guy. If a king wishes to subdue a city belonging to enemies, he first of all starves it out of bread and water. Okay? And the enemy being in this wise harassed by hunger becomes subject to him. Now, he's, now, now this guy is desperate for the guy's clemency because he's starving. Um, and, thus in the res- and thus it is in respect of the hostile passions. For if a man endures fasting and hunger regularly, his enemies become stricken with weakness in the soul. What they're saying here is if you want to be an ascetic, starve out your enemy. This is why we're saying control your senses. Right? It's saying, how does the devil play to you? Right? It's going to be, and how do you play to yourself, not just the devil? It's through your senses. What you're seeing, what you're saying, what you're taking, what you're touching, what you're eating, where you're going. They're all wars of the senses. Right? And so if I can bring those out, that's why they're saying don't eat, don't eat, don't eat, is it gives you that clarity. Right? It's saying, like, for example, when you want to find out, like for me, when they're trying to figure out my allergies, it's okay, you need to go on a crazy elimination diet, eat basically nothing. Right? And then next week introduce this, and then this. Why? Because when you've had this starvation of all of these things and it's been removed from your system, now you can be sensitive again. Right? Now you can be like, oh, I had this, I, sw- I was swelling. Right? I had this when I got itchy. Um, this one I felt normal. Right? It, ge- it restores your clarity again. Right? And so, and so the, the fathers are saying to you, starve out your enemy. Remove the thing that he's using to control you. Right? And that's why I get frustrated when somebody is like whining about fasting, but is doing an intermittent fasting diet. <laughs> right? Where it's like, so what's your objective here? Right? Where it's like, you just the six pack? Um, like, what are you doing? You're willing to starve yourself out for that goal. 
right? But are you willing to starve yourself out for another one, right? Where people are competing like, oh, I have a four-hour frame uh, time frame. I have this. I have this. Eighteen years soft, right? Like it's it's it's. You should be thinking that way spiritually. Um, on one occasion, some early grapes, because I want you to not think that this is all, like, I want you to get the sense of this mindset. On one occasion, some grapes were sent to Abba Macarius the Great. He's a boss. He was, he was tonsured a monk by St. Anthony, the best saint. Um, and he's a G. Um, so they, Abba Macarius liked grapes. So this person is sending grapes to Abba Macarius knowing he likes them. Um, so Abba Macarius thinks about this brother who's sick and who craved grapes. So he gives them to the brother who's sick. This is a really famous story for those of you who are into the old Arabic um, this is the story. There was a, a cluster of grapes. Um, it's horrible in English. The song. Um, so he rejoiced over them greatly. The guy who was sick, he got the grapes. And then he despised his desire. He's like, man, I shouldn't have craved these. And so without touching them, he sends them on to another brother as one who had no wish for food of any kind and who had his self-denial and contempt. Now, when the brother had received the grapes, although he desired greatly to eat them, he did the same as the other brother had done, and no man wished to eat them. And after they had gone about among many of the brethren, <laughs> the last one who received them sent him the blessed Macarius as a gift of great honor. This, this poor guy at the end is like, are oh, you giving this Macarius? He likes grapes, right? <laughs> and so, and when Macarius saw the grapes, he marveled at the extent of denial of all of the brethren and gave thanks to God, and he didn't eat them. <laughs> and this poor guy who donated them, <laughs> eat the grapes. Um, <laughs> those are expensive, right? But is that they're all having this sense of the other, right? They're all saying, no, 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 me, like, yeah, I love these, but I shouldn't eat it. This poor guy over there, he's sick, like, he would love the grapes. Um, and, and this is 4th this is century. There's a, a beloved monk that I, I love um, from St. Anthony's in Egypt who told me the same story happening um, with a cassette recorder in the early 90s. There was no, they had no tech in the Red Sea. And so somebody had donated a cassette player so for this time they could listen to a hymn and learn it. Um, or they could like... Um, hear like doxologies and they're like, oh, someone got me a cassette recorder, but it's haram, I can't, I can't be the only one with the recorder. And so she's like, can you, can we take turns? And so they literally were taking turns of a night and a day of everybody to have the cassette recorder, <laughs> right? Where like, where, and they were excited because it had a deep love involved in it of them saying, there's nothing, that's mine, right? Like everything is ours. Right? I want you to have something. I'm not looking for me to have. I want you to have. So you take it first. And the guy who received the cassette player was the last guy to use it. Right? And so because he was like, no, no, no. I, who am I that I think that I should have it first? Right? Another person could just be like, dude, it's a, it's a tape recorder. Like, chill. Right? Whereas it's how do you, how do you view the thing? This was a mild act of asceticism. Like, this isn't some person who like abstained till like 9 p.m. This is somebody be saying, ah, I should give the grapes to someone else. It wasn't like an intense effort, right, of, of anything, but it was that meaningful. And so we hear stories, right? St. Bishoy, um, another boss, um, it's written of him that he didn't look somebody in the face. His Abba, when he was talking to him, Saint Bishoy was looking intently at him, and the, the abbas, you might not understand it when you're reading stories. At first, they're intentionally rough. They're 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 being like drill sergeants, okay? So they're aggressive, and so his abba is like, "You shouldn't look me in the eyes. 
Who do you think you are? So for three years straight, St. Bishoy looked at nobody in the face. Three years straight. Um, and you can be like, <laughs> what's wrong with faces? Um, but that's not the, the problem for St. Bishoy. Right? St. Bishoy was like, okay, challenge accepted. Okay? Not just in terms of I'm going to achieve this, of saying, oh, this is a good drill for controlling myself. And if somebody is suggesting to me that maybe I'm full of myself, regardless of whether I agree or disagree, maybe I'm full of myself. I'm going to challenge myself to that and say maybe, maybe I should work on not being full of myself. Okay, I won't. Right? And, just, and he just did it. Um, he tied his hair to the ceiling. Most of you heard the story of Sam Shoy tying his hair to the ceiling. Um, and there was two reasons for this. The first is given in his life, but because the hairs on his head grew long and became unmanageable. This is reason number one. He drove a stake into the upper part of the cave, and there he tied his hair. So one is saying, I want to spend time with you, and this mess is getting in the way. And so he's like, let's fix the mess. Right? This is a form of asceticism, of saying, you know what? I could make excuses for why I'm not doing this good thing and saying, I, I, just, I have to deal with this thing, versus saying, I want to be with you. I'll make it not a thing. I'll make the thing disappear. Because you matter more to me than the thing. This is, this is a positive act. And then some of you might look at the asceticism of St. Bishore. I know I overuse this example, but I love it, of being like, what's the problem with, like, why does he need to tie his hair to the ceiling, right? Um, isn't that extra? Um, depends on how you look at it, right? For St. Bishore, he's saying, I want to be all up all night talking to you because I'm in love with you and I don't want to fall asleep. And so whenever I fall asleep, my hair is going to whack me back up to, to be awake because I want to be with you night and day as much as I possibly can. It's beautiful, right? Talk to people in love and they're texting till 4 in the morning knowing they have work at 7, right? And they're like, it's okay, I'm just having the time of my life. I'm exhausted, but it was so worth it because talking to you is blah, 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 blah. Do that to God, right? So maybe you're not going to tie your hair to your ceiling. Your hair is not long enough anyway. But you might say when you get home, you're like, I'm exhausted. Right? Like, I did this and this and this. I'm sure God would understand. He would. He does. But it's a very romantic thing to say, I can't go to bed without talking to you. How is your day? Right? What's, what should I do? And, and when you pray of saying, God, how do I be involved in your life? How am I involved in the life of you in the world? I, I, I want to know that too, right? I, I've told you about my day. I'm exhausted. I, I was this, I was that, and I'm pissed, and I'm happy, and whatever our emotions are. But to also be like, how do I participate in your life? <coughs> I want to stay up with you and talk to you a bit, right? These are, these are deep acts of love. Um, when we see a natural obstacle, we tend to say, oh, I guess I can't do this because I'm prevented. I can't work Sundays because I asked at work and they said no. I can't give my tithes because I don't have checkbooks and they don't do auto deposit. I can't pray today because I got home late. I can't read the Bible because I can't find the version that I like and like that Bible is so precious to me. Blah, 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 right? These are the reasons that we do. Instead of being like, like, fix it, right? 
when you do something because the, the, the situation necessitates it, that's the real romance. I remember being, I would spend my vacations in Egypt. I, I, I'm a messed up person, I don't pray. But um, I was trying to learn how to pray. And I was awkward about praying because there's rooms were shared with like five or six people um, at my uncle and aunt's house. I go to the bathroom. And honest to goodness, those are some of my best prayers are those bathroom prayers. Really, because it was saying like, I'm not okay with not talking to you. Like I don't, like I'm not using myself as a good example, I don't do things right. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is what God did for me, not what I did for God. Is that God is like, no, because you were just really wanted to talk to me, I'm gonna make it work. Right? Like for those of you who will ask the question, is it okay that I pray on my way to work? Ask yourself why. Because if you're in love with someone and you're saying, because of my specific circumstance, the only time that I can actually talk to you is in the car. Actually, that's the most romantic thing ever. Because like, no, like thank you for making sure that somehow, some way we're able to talk. But if you're saying to your lover, I want to talk to you in the car because I can hit two birds with one stone. I'm driving anyway. It's like, thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> but if you're saying, I talked to you in the morning when I woke up, but I'm actually really excited. Are you okay with talking to me still on my way to work? Then be like, sure, if I have, like, no problem, that's cool. Right? What is your disposition? Right? What is it that you are showing in terms of your love to this other person? Um, and I want you to understand that it doesn't mean you have no sin. The same St. Beshoi struggled with anger, right? St. Beshoi stands before God, this guy who's up all night, I think I want to talk to you all night. He says to God, Lord, I pray you, rid me of one weakness, anger. And Jesus replied, this is Christ appearing to him, right? This is how romantic he is. This is Christ in front of him, and he's saying, God, please help me, I get really angry, right? Like, he's not being like, oh, you're here, perfect. Um, here's, a, here's my list. Right? Like, while well, I've got you. Right? He's like, no, 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 I want to be beautiful for you. Anger is not beautiful to you. I want to look really, really amazing to you. How do I get rid of this anger? And Christ says to him, if you want to vanquish anger, he didn't say, ta-da, right? And the angels are like, ah, right? <laughs> Instead, this is what our Lord says to him. If you wish to vanquish anger, be cautious not to reproach, insult, or criticize anyone. This was God himself's answer to him. Don't use your tongue against people. Don't presume yourself to know better than them. Don't presume yourself to go rebuke them. Don't presume yourself to go and say, here's what I think is messed up about you. He's like, if you get rid of these three things, your anger will be controlled. Christ's answer to him was, become more ascetic. Bring yourself under control. Control this. Right? If you control this, this is going to start to come in line. Right? This, is, this is what he's saying. So becoming an ascetic is like becoming a bodybuilder um, or professional in any discipline. Right? It means striving for the highest thing possible rather than contenting yourself with the bare minimum. Right? So not everyone's going to be the highest ascetic, but some degree of asceticism is necessary for everyone. Right? That's not, I don't think that's an option. Um, so let me ask you a question before I, I go on another tangent. You're married to a really hot guy, okay? He's got washboard abs, charming personality. The ladies are all over him. Um, he works in business, and so he's on many travel trips. He remains faithful to you. 
Is he ascetic? I'm giving you this scenario because I'm trying to make sure you get what asceticism is. Is this guy from this scenario, is he an ascetic? Why? Excellent. Would your answer change if the ladies were not all over him? No. Because he could go seek out. True. Okay. Pretending we only, like, only whatever info is in the scenario. Oh. Then, no, because he's not doing the objective. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? Is the point is that you're refusing yourself something. Okay? Is that in, in, in the first case, it's the, the, they all want him. And he's saying, no, I'm not yours. In the second case, there's no challenge, right? And so it's like, like one time, like I, I didn't, I just, I slept, I sleep really late, right? So I would sleep at like 6 a.m., 7 a.m., and then I'd wake up at like 11 or 12, right? And then I would go to class, I'm just not hungry. So when I would go talk to my priest of being like, what time should I fast to? And he is like, noon, I'm like, I wake up at noon. <laughs> right? So if I fasted till 6 p.m., I didn't really do anything virtuous. It was like 3 p.m. for some, it was like noon for someone else or 9 a.m. for someone else. Right? So like, no, it wasn't a challenge. Right? The asceticism is in that denial. Right? It's in me pushing forward. It's just saying, let it, let it hurt. Um, second scenario, this is only two. You have had your eyes on a particular car for a long time. You've been saving up for a long time to get it. You're a couple of months out from making that purchase, and your spouse says, I think remodeling our kitchen is of much higher value right now than the car. What is the right thing to do and why? <laughs> I want a male response for this one. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. <laughs> What, what, what should he do? The car? Remodel. Right. Why? Well, of course, why? What if she'd understand? <laughs> I'm learning a lot, man. I should have got married. But, no, I should not have. But um, that's the point, right? I was just saying. It's not about maintaining comfort. It's not about maintaining status quo. It's not about these things. It's about saying, I'm giving something up for the sake of another person. In this case, we're talking about God. Um, so all this is reactive. If you don't exercise, what I'm trying to say, you don't get healthier. If you never add weights, your strength never increases. Um, and that can be caused by disbelief or lack of experience. Okay, those are, those are, 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 are two things. Um, but to exercise your own asceticism, there needs to be multiple things. Number one, most important number one, is a spiritual trainer. Okay, because it's extremely dangerous, right, to just go and, and into the gym and be like, I got this. Right, there's just some things that you need someone to teach you how to do. Right, you can't just go into free weights and just pick them up and throw them and, and, and think you're doing something safe or healthy. Um, I'm not going to spend a long time on, on, the, on the trainer because I could spend a long time on that and I won't. But the two parts that I do want to is number two is regular self-examination. 
Okay? This is what do I do? Asking myself that. Sitting with myself regularly, daily if you can. What do I do? What motivates what I did or didn't motivate what I did? What were my choices? Right? To sit down and, and reflect on that. We said number one was I have a purpose, image, and likeness. Now I'm trying to excel. Now I ask myself, today did I do that? Right? Did, I, did I make these decisions or not? Is the thing that I can, did today, let's say I messed up, I sinned. Okay? Is, com is it coming from a bent inclination? Okay? Is it because my will is warped? I wanted the wrong. Is it because of a circumstance? I didn't know how to react and I fell. Okay? Um, or is it a natural flow of the body that I don't know how to direct? Right? Um, you'd be surprised at how practical the Desert Father is almost there. Sorry. Um, like St. Anthony talks about how there's lust can come from the devil, yourself, like, like you doing stupid things, or your natural hormonal process, and he's an ascetic. Right? I was saying, which one of these is it? Is my, are my lies, I lie today, are my lies to escape an evil or are my lies meant to portray me in a particular way? Am I lying now when it's like, like, like for everything, right? And then your trainer will come and say, okay, here are the drills to help you become honest, right? Like this is, this is what the reflection leads to. Um, is my anger at someone's injustice or that I wasn't, so I wasn't gratified? Is my showing off from feeling unappreciated in general? Or is it because I, want, I don't, I, I, I want a praise party? Right? Like, these are the questions to ask. And then the trainer would be like, hey, this is my, my situation. Right? I went to lift 10. I was in so much pain. So, like, help me out here. This is, this is what asceticism looks like. Um, the objective here, this is the third point, is I, I always ask the question, how do I become more beautiful for my lover? It's not beauty for the sake of beauty. It is beauty for the sake of my lover. Um, because then that question shifts. Now it's how can I save up for that beautiful suit or dress that my lover would love to see me wearing? How do I get that six pack that my lover would love to see me have for a positive reason? Um, how do I run faster in order to rescue my lover? That, that's the change of mind, right, of what asceticism is for. They're not, they're not intrinsic holy acts. There was nothing holy intrinsically about tying his hair to the ceiling. Nothing. There's nothing intrinsically holy about not eating till 3 p.m. Nothing. That's not holiness. It's a drill that takes me there. But it itself is not. And so then you learn that your fasting becomes a fasting of a will, fasting of the body, fasting from money, voluntarily saying, I'm going to live within a budget that I don't have to live within. Not just because I make 250K, I need to spend 190 of it, and I pay my tithes, what's your problem? Right? Of saying, why do I live with 250K when there are, my lover hates that there are poor people on the street when I could live in a budget of 100 more than comfortably, and take care of a whole bunch of my lover's kids. I'm going to self-restrain myself from living that way. Right? These are, these are challenges. Right? What do I think of, of these things? I can fast from sleeping in and say, there's so much more I could do with my time. I could sleep for 10 hours, or I could be like, I want to wake up early because I want to chill with you. What are you doing? 
right? Fasting from my time of saying, well, I have free time. I wanted to watch Netflix. I wanted to, like, catch up on my Facebook or whatever the heck that we're doing now, right? And instead being like, yeah, that dude, that guy looked really sad yesterday. I'm going to hit him up and see if he wants to go for coffee. Because that guy needs time, right? Of saying, I really wanted quiet time during lunch, but, like, that coworker, she is so off her game today. Something is up. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if she wants to do coffee for lunch, even though I'd rather have spent time alone. Right? I'm fasting from my will. I'm fasting from my desire. I'm fasting from my time. I'm fasting from um, podcasts or secular material, not because they're intrinsically wrong, but because I want to say I need to make sure something good is going in. I should know something about my lover, not just about um, whether or not what's her face. Um, I forgot her name. Um, that singer that was fighting with another singer with Katy Perry, um, where like people somehow care about that. Um, fasting from optional thing. Actually, a great exercise is doing the opposite. I, I, I have an inclination to this, I'll do the opposite. I was going to eat, no, I'm not going to eat, I'm going to wait. Again, with guidance from your trainer. right? I was going to pursue this thing, I'm not going to pursue this right away. I'm going to learn how to say wait, stop, ask, learn. Right? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow myself down. And so you, as, as, even as a non-monk or a non-nun, you should have abstinence in your rule. You should have periods of abstinence. You should have matanyas in your rule, where you can learn that a matanya, there is nothing holy about going like this. Okay? And God's like, give me 20, give me 20. Yeah, bro. <laughs> right? Like, like, he... No. Right? Like, and your garden angel is not being like, yeah, here's your water bottle, right? There's, but if you learn how to express with your body what your spirit is saying, right? Then you're able to say, sometimes I'm bowing and saying, I just love you so much. Who am I before your feet? Other times I'm saying, I don't know how you have patience with me. I love you so much, right? Other times it's saying, like, I want to break my body. I'm, I'm dying to do this wrong thing. I want to exhaust myself. I want to exhaust myself to prevent myself from doing the thing that I know I'm eager to do. Right? That has all sorts of meaning where suddenly this thing that you're doing means more because of your heart. Right? Because it's an act of love to your lover. How do you romance God? That's your question. How do I show you my romantic love? This is the Song of Songs. My beloved is mine, I am my beloved's. Right? There's a beautiful line in the Song of Songs that I'm trying not to get emotional when I say, I am black but comely. Right? Where this person is going to Christ and saying, this is the soul. Saying, I'm hideous. But to you, I'm beautiful. Right? People say that cliche a lot. But there's a real deep romanticism to that, right? Of being like, and you, you've either been that person or known that person where it's like, what do you like about me, right? Why do you like me so much? Like, I don't even like me like that. Why do you like me, right? This is, this is the romance book. Read the Song of Songs, right? And it's, and it's, 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 it's explicit. <laughs> um, like, like, the first time I read it as a kid, I'm like, whoa, 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 right? Like, but it's, 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 it's beautiful. How do I romance God? Um, if you see God as your divine lover, everything in your spiritual life changes. Because you're no longer approaching a God that you're afraid of. This is why St. Anthony, the best saint, says, 
um, I no longer fear God because I love him and perfect love casts out fear. He's quoting St. John, right? He's saying, I don't, I've never lost reverence, but I'm no longer approaching this person of like, I'm so sorry, right? It's like, I love you, right? There's an analogy that a Western saint gave that is really beautiful of saying, there's two kinds of kids that when they mess up, there's one kid who goes to their father with that stern look of being, I did bad, right? Punish me, right? And so the dad might be like, okay, like, um, like don't do it again or whatever. But the person is their disposition. They walk differently. And he's like, and there's, another, there's another kid who runs to her dad and throws herself in his lap and says, daddy, I was really naughty. <laughs> Knowing that Bubba's not going to be able to handle the cuteness, right? Like, he's like, <sighs> right? And like little kids do it all the time where they play that card and being like, don't, don't do it again, <laughs> right? So play that card with God. Show him that you, that you love him. And what you'll find is that the synergy is that the Holy Spirit grows within you and you change. You become intoxicated by love and you go from somebody who might be negative or impatient or whatever to becoming that person that when you see them, you're delirious about. And that, those are the kinds of people that you get delirious about that I want to talk about tomorrow and talk for, of what do they look like, the people who have this, okay? Because there has to be real. And glory to God forever.